This is Open to Hope Radio, featuring Dr. Gloria Horsley and her daughter, Dr. Heidi Horsley, coming to you on behalf of the Open to Hope Foundation, dedicated to those who are looking for hope after loss. Welcome to the Open to Hope show in partnership with the Compassionate Friends. I'm your host, Dr. Heidi Horsley, and I'm here today with my co-host and mom, Dr. Gloria Horsley. Hi, Mom. Hi, Heidi. Well, we've got a great show today, and I know our friend Kathy Seaheader from the Compassionate Friends uh, sings the great praises of uh, one of the centers we're gonna, the center we're going to be talking about, and uh, also of Jenna Rogers, who's going to be our guest today. So uh, we call the show "Finding a Place of Hope" because uh, that's what it's going to be about today. So, Heidi, do you want to introduce her? Sure, I'd love to. And as you said today, Mom, we are going to be talking a lot about Faith's Lodge, which is an amazing. A place of healing and hope for people that have had the death of a family member. And we are going to be talking today with the director of Faith's Lodge, Jenna Rogers. Jenna Rogers is the director of Advancement for Faith's Lodge, a retreat facility that supports parents after the death of a child. As a bereaved mother, Jenna is passionate about helping others who have endured this tragic loss. She created Noah's Memorial SIDS Foundation in 2010 to help fund SIDS research and support families who have lost the child. Welcome to the show, Jenna. Thank you so much for having me. So great to have you on. But, you know, we're always so sad for the reason we know people and we've met the most fabulous people. But uh, talk a little bit about Noah, your darling son. I went to your site and he's adorable. Um, Oh, thank you. Yeah. And how you got to this area. Yeah, so... Noah was our first son, as you mentioned, and he passed away in 2010 um, from sudden infant death. And he was taking a nap at daycare, and, um, you know, really nothing was wrong. Unfortunately, he just passed away while he was sleeping, and they could not find a cause or a reason behind any of it. And I tell you, you know, I I explain this because I've explained this so many times, um, and it's been almost seven years now, but... There is not a single day that goes by that I don't think about Noah. And honestly, I've, I think I've dedicated my entire life to um, the short life that he has had because it obviously played such an impact um, in my husband and my life and our role and our journey. And when you endure something so awful and so tragic, um, as, you know, many people say, oh, I can't even imagine, and, and I don't, I think I would just die. I think I would just not wake up the next day. But, you know, unfortunately, you sort of have to make a choice if, if you want to keep going or if you don't. And, um, and you know, we decided we, we were going to spend our lives doing something meaningful and in honor of him and make sure that his legacy was a great one that people knew about and um, that his short time here really um, you know, had a, had a meaning and um, bigger than, than just the 11 months that he was with us. And so from that, we, we started Noah's Memorial SIDS Foundation. We knew we wanted to do something in his name. My husband's a big golfer, so we decided to start doing a golf tournament. And okay. this year will be our seventh annual golf tournament. Wow. So it's, it's crazy that we're here. I thought maybe we'd do it for a couple of years, but it's amazing the people that 
come around and support you and um and and we're we're still going strong so um where, and that where are you located what's that where are you located where's the golf oh tournament? yeah the golf tournament is located in uh, minneapolis minnesota brooklyn park to be specific at a golf course called edinburgh usa and we've had it there. This will be the third year we've had it at that course. Awesome. Well, you know, uh, when you talk about um, 11 months, you know, I, I was interested uh, in the fact that sudden infant uh, death syndrome, which is SIDS for people who don't know that, I always think of it as being a tiny baby or something. Mm-hmm. He was 11 months old. Is that usual to have an older child? It's really not, and that was something that, I struggled with a lot um, because, you know, of course you hear about SIDS and you you hear about all the precautions that you should take, and we did all of that, and we knew that it was most common. Um, It's most common from zero to six months old, and honestly, after six months, I was like, okay, well then, you know, that's just something we don't need to worry about anymore, and of, of course we still did everything we were supposed to do and kept him safe and, and everything, but um, no, it's not something that typically happens after six months. It's actually very rare. Um, and I have met, you know, a handful of other families, unfortunately, who have had an older SIDS loss and, you know, some that have had them after a year, in which case then they start calling it um, SUDC, sudden unexplained death in childhood, if it's older than a year. But you know, it's so, yes, it's a very small chance that it can happen, but it can happen. You know, uh, we're all involved with the Compassionate Friends, so um, right. one of the things that has always struck me is that there are quite a few deaths where they're unexplained mm-hmm. from, of every age, where people just go, you know, into the bedroom and a person has passed away. It's right. not that uncommon. Uh, you know, in the world of grief and loss and uh, right. that kind of things. So, it, it's uh, you know, it does happen. But uh, talk a little bit about one of the things I know you talk about your slide are the finances of having a child die. You kind of help with that too, right? We do. So our golf tournament and our foundation support three um, organizations, one of which is Faith Lodge, which, of course, I work for now. Um, one is SIDS Research through the CJ First Candle Foundation, and um, the other is we help with funeral assistance through a fund that we have at the Minnesota Children's Hospitals. And so um, we do that with another family. Um, so the, that funeral fund is called the Ray Labatt Noah Rogers Funeral Assistance Fund. And like I said, it's at the Minnesota Children's Hospital. And it helps really anybody who asks for funeral assistance. Uh, we make that fund available. We give the same amount of money to every family regardless of income because we don't want we didn't want anybody to have to go through the process of filling out forms and having to qualify or not qualify. I mean, anybody who has had the loss of a child knows that the things that you have to go through after and the amount of forms and paperwork and decisions that you have to make at a time when your head is barely even, you know, functioning. Um, so that was something that was really important to us to make sure that anybody who asked could just avail of, of that fund. Um, and we've helped about 110 families in the last few years with that funeral assistance fund. That's great. You know, I just don't think people think about it. It's expensive. 
Yeah. Well, and nobody has, or I shouldn't say nobody, but, you know, many people, it's not something you plan for, of course. So you don't typically have a funeral right. or, I mean, a life insurance policy on your child. You haven't you haven't saved up money for such a horrific, horrific thing. And on top of that, you have medical expenses a lot of the time. I mean, I still had to pay for the ambulance bill for my son, even though he didn't, you know, he didn't make it. But there still right. was bills that we had to pay. And... It's a lot. Wow, yeah. Well, tell us about Faith's Lodge and oh, how it yes. started. And I know you guys are doing wonderful things. And if people go online and look at it, it's such a beautiful facility. And I've talked to people that have been there, and they talk about how it's in the woods and how it's so peaceful and wonderful. And anyway, tell us about yeah, Faith, so F-A-I-T-H-S Lodge. Yes. Faith, yes. F-A-I-T-H. So my husband and I were guests at Faith's Lodge about three weeks after Noah passed away, and that was our first encounter with the Lodge. And um, I will tell you that there was no greater hope that I felt than the time that we had at Faith's Lodge because it was the first time that we were connecting with other parents that were experiencing the same type of loss, and they got it. They understood. And all of a sudden, we weren't alone. And that was the most amazing feeling, even though we were so heartbroken and, um, you know, barely functioning and surviving, we met these people who had also lost a child. And it was sort of this moment where we're like, well, if, if they're surviving and even laughing sometimes, then, you know, maybe we will too. Um, so Faith Lodge is, like you said, located in Danbury, Wisconsin. It's the only facility of its kind in the country. It's the only one. People travel from all over the country to go there. We are in our 10th year, and we were founded by a Minneapolis couple that lost their daughter, Faith. She was stillborn, so it's named after their daughter, Faith. And they started it 10 years ago. They built this facility specifically for this purpose. So every space in Faith's Lodge is really thought out and dedicated towards grieving families. And what we do is we have uh, weekend programming every weekend throughout the year. And it's separated by um, we do programming for parents or we do programming for families. So if parents have other surviving children that they would like to bring with, we have family programming for that. And then we separate it out by the age of loss. So we have infant and toddler loss programming and then older loss programming. And we serve families who have had a loss anywhere from um, after 12 weeks gestation all the way up through mid-20s years of age. And um, it's, we have eight guest suites. So the purpose is to connect, you know, to have eight families come together and connect and be able to share stories about their child and talk about it in a safe place. Um, we have this beautiful, beautiful 12,000-square-foot lodge um, that is fully equipped with, has a library, an arts and crafts room, a movie theater. Um, it has a um, full kitchen and dining room and great room. Um, and then there's tons of outdoor activities as well. We're on 72 acres of land. So we have all sorts of inspirational paths and trails and gardens and a meditative labyrinth. And um, we're on a lake. So there's just like a lot of really, really peaceful spaces to be alone, be with other people, just reflect, hang out, um, really whatever people want to do. We're very cognizant of the fact that people are coming up there and um, 
it is it's it's hard at times to to talk so much about you know the death of your child um and depending on where people are at on their grief journey um you know we're we're just there we're not there to fix anybody we're not there to make the grief disappear um but we're there to connect other parents that are experiencing these similar circumstances what, what are a couple of your favorite activities that people can do and they can yeah, even do so, it um, some of the programming activities that go on are we do a lot of mind, body, and wellness, which is really great. So like yoga and massage um, and mindfulness. And I would say um, the massage is just really amazing. Guests seem to love, love, love that. Um, and then one of the biggest things I think is, um, and my favorite, is the memorial projects that we do um, so that people can actually sort of um, – take any, you know, artistic talents they may or may not have, but create things in memory of their child. And sometimes it's things that they leave at the lodge, and sometimes it's things that they take home with them. So one of the biggest things that we do is um, what we call heart stones. And all of the stones come from places around the lodge, um, just from outside that we've collected, and and, um, guests each get to paint one in memory of their child, and they can do whatever they want. So they can have their child's name on it, or they can paint, you know, a saying. They can paint the dates, um, you know, colors or things that are meaningful to them. So, for instance, for us, um, you know, we always say that we see ra- um, we see Noah in rainbows, and that's him saying hello to us. So the back of our rock, had, we painted a rainbow on it, and that was really significant to us. And there is a space at the lodge called Sophia's Bridge, and that's um, where many of the heartstones where guests will place them afterwards. They don't have to. They can really put them anywhere on, on the grounds, but a lot of people like to put them near that bridge. And it's a beautiful place then for guests to go and not only look for and see their rock with their child's name on it, but see all of the other families that are that have been yeah, there I and heard that have that walked was this absolutely path. phenomenal from someone who's been there. Could, uh, is it, you know, how much does it cost to go there, and are you heavily booked, and how does that go? Yeah, so um, we actually only charge guests $50 a night to come to Faith's Lodge. So a first-time guest is $50 per room per night, and that includes everything. That includes all the programming and meals and lodging and accommodations. And guests can sign up directly on our website at faithslodge.org. There is a list of all of our different programs, and um, you can click up and sign up directly online. And, yes, oftentimes we do book out in advance, but I would encourage anybody to sign up on the waiting list because a lot of times space does open up. Um, So, yeah, definitely sign up on the waiting list if something is full. This sounds absolutely amazing. I mean, and to think of $50 a night, including programming, it just sounds like an incredibly healing place. Oh, it is. It's so, so, so peaceful. And so people fly into Minneapolis and drive up there? Is that how it goes? They do, yes. Because I have somebody in mind right now that I'm going to let know about it. It really sounds like an amazing place. And as I said, I've talked to people that have been there and said it is an amazing place. So what great things you're doing in the uh, name of your child. It's wonderful. Oh, thank you. Absolutely. And and I love how holistic it is, don't you, Mom? I mean, just mm-hmm. you've got movies, you have a library, outdoor activities, you're on a lake, 
the whole mind-body wellness, because that is so important. And we've done a lot of shows about the connection between mind and body, and massage is so incredible for shifting energy and changing the way we feel. And it's no surprise that the parents that have done this have said that they really love that massage. And oftentimes, after a loss, we're touch-deprived. You know, right. you've got your, you had your baby, Noah, you were holding him all the time. He needed right. you. You were physically attached to him constantly. Right. And to lose that is such, we don't even think about what well, you did because you think about it because you've been through it. People don't realize that part of it also. Um, so I love that you guys have massage, yoga, and then the heart stones. I mean, it sounds like an amazing place. And like my mom said, we've known parents that have done this and have said it was life-changing. So for those of you out there that, that need something that's really going to change your life after loss, please go on the website and sign up to go to Faith's Lodge. So I want to thank you, Jenna, for everything that you're doing today. Oh, and, uh, thank you guys for having me and for everything that you do. It's it's great to be able to to share, um, you know, what, what we're doing through you. So I appreciate the opportunity. And I guess I yeah. want to just end by asking you if you had one bit of advice out there for for parents that are listening and don't know how they're going to survive and don't know how they're going to go on after the death of a child, what would you tell them? I would say take it minute by minute, hour by hour, day by day, because I think some of the biggest um, or the biggest overwhelming factors come in is trying to think out to how you'll survive, you know, that first year, that first birthday, that first holiday, and it's too much. It's too overwhelming. You have to cut yourself a little bit of slack and just take it minute by minute and really do what your heart and your mind is telling you to do. And don't worry so much about what other people might might think of you or what other people expect of you. You just really have to listen to listen to your heart and listen to your head and what, what that is telling you. And, um, and, and that's really all you can do. Well, that's really, really good advice. Don't you think, Mom? Absolutely. It's a terrific advice. Uh, it's a it's a tough journey. I was telling somebody um, yesterday who lost a, a two-year-old three months ago, three weeks ago. I just, all you can say is you'll get through it because you really don't believe it. So take it one day at a time. And uh, I think Heidi and Jenna and all of us want to say, if you've lost hope right now, please lean on all of ours until you find your own. You've been listening to Open to Hope Radio, hosted by Drs. Gloria and Heidi Horsley. Like today's edition, all of our past programs are available on demand at opentohope.com, along with helpful articles, videos, resources, and links to help get you through the toughest time of your life. You can also follow us on Facebook and Twitter and sign up for our monthly newsletter. Again, that's opentohope.com. Check it out today. Then be sure to stop by next Thursday at 9 a.m. Pacific Time when we'll be posting another edition of Open to Hope Radio. Remember, others have been where you are. They made it through, and you can too, as long as you're open to hope.